This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. <laughs> My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. <laughs> it's been a... Uh, it's been a few minutes of gremlins. Your internet connection is socially distancing, Reno. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> no, thanks a lot for inviting me again, Jeremy. Um, really appreciate it. Since um, I've told um, the one anchor of ETV that um, this whole, uh, or the, the media is, is just pushing propaganda, um, they never invited me back again. Uh, I don't know why. So, um, so that was quite tragic. Um, um, I've, but strangely enough, after I've, I've said that on live television, um, uh, with this Carol, Carol, I just call her Carol Burnett, <laughs> Carol Burnett. Um, she, um, she then, uh, afterwards I thought that, oh, I've crashed my, my career. Uh, in my activism, but the people came back and they said that was tremendous. Uh, they didn't mm. uh, think for one minute that someone who on live TV, television, have expressed his, his own own views as they also see it because they would mm. be scared. They thought that if they uh, say anything different than the narrative that's being pushed, they're going to be arrested, and that is unfortunately people are so so full of fear. Um, they don't. They they just lost their minds. Um, that's unfortunate. As I always say, that you know, I've got um, Liberty Fighters Network is a network of people, and I'm 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 very much fortunate to be the face of it. And yes, I'm I'm doing a lot of the work out of my experience uh, I've gained over the years to be an activist. Um, but but um, it's it's not only me that's that should get degraded. I think this is definitely teamwork, and and uh, I'm very much religious. So I always say that uh, thanks to God, I, I'm I've been put in this position, and I'm continuing to fight the the righteous um, fight. I believe, and I'm going to continue until the end. Let's let's do a let's do a full recap. Okay. Well, um, on the 2nd of June, um, we in, in stealth basically obtained a court order um, in the High Court in Pretoria where we've managed to declare um, all the lockdown, or except six regulations, but, but all the uh, lockdown regulations as unconstitutional and invalid. And um, uh, that was uh, um, Judge Davis who granted that order, gave the minister 14 business days to rectify the regulations and report back to him. Um, and uh, five days after the judgment was, was rendered, um, the minister, Dlamini Zuma, she decided to appeal the matter. And that is where the the, uh, the the controversy started because in normal word uh, in normal uh, interpretation of the law uh, the, the the court order would have been suspended but what happened was that the um, when it comes to the declaration of uh, invalidity constitutional invalidity um, there was once uh, 
in way back in 2006, 2007, there was a, a court case uh, in the Constitutional Court. Uh, we just call it the new clicks case, where it was determined that um, that period of suspension is, or when, even if you apply for leave to appeal, it does not suspend the operation of the judge, judgment. You must physically go back to the court where the order was granted, and that judge must give you permission or suspend the order further pending the appeal. And that never happened. So we, we, we got that, and we started attacking the government on that side to say that since the 24th of June, our court order, in fact, came into operation. And what is very important about that court order was that all the measures, the mask wearing, the RT, the, the, the PCR, the, the RT-PCR tests, uh, the social distancing, the quarantine, all of them have been declared as unconstitutional and invalid and of no force or effect anymore from the 24th of June. But um, even though the government knew about it, uh, because they knew about it because the, the, the head counsel for the minister, Wim Tremgove, was the one who in fact argued the case before the Constitutional Court where he represented the respondents in that case. And um, so he, he, he knew about the fact and he would have advised the government that, well, I've been the one that was successful in the constitutional court. Your order is of no, or this order has come into operation. So we, we went back and in and out of court all the time. And uh, then on the, we reached the Supreme Court of Appeal and our, our court case was split in two. Um, the one, the, the challenge we had against the national state of disaster, that was not granted by the judge. He said that, no, the, the declaration of the NSD was fine. But we said, no, it could not have been fine. There were so many um, processes that the government should have followed, which they never did. So... Um, we eventually appealed that to the Supreme Court of Appeal. Leave to appeal was not granted, and we had a one-way ticket to the Constitutional Court with that case. And once we've reached the doorsteps of the Constitutional Court, that was on the 3rd of March this year. When we've lodged our application for leave to appeal, um, on the 10th of March, seven days uh, uh, thereafter, and and a couple of days before the minister was even supposed to oppose the matter and file her affidavits, the, the Constitutional Court simply came out with a ruling to say that they're not going to provide us with leave to appeal. And they never didn't give any reasons for it. So we said, but how can this be? Uh, you haven't even heard the, the version of the minister but you have just made an order to say that you're not going to grant us leave to come to the Constitutional Court challenging the national state of disaster. So we were the first ones who started the rescission application against the Constitutional Court case. And subsequently, uh, people like uh, like Jacob Zuma and, and also the... Um, the public protector followed the same process. That was a very uncommon. Um, that was a very uncommon uh, process to have followed 
in, you, you're basically challenging or telling the constitutional court that there were irregularities in, in your judgment because they were. You cannot just simply um, make a judgment without hearing the other side as well because what if the minister uh, have confirmed in her papers that we were right and they never took that into consideration? And even her right to, to cross appeal have also been taken away from her. So that, that was totally flawed. So we went on and, and with a rescission application against that. Uh, I'll come back to that now. Um, sorry, I'm just going going in all these detail, but, but this is very important. Yeah, but go ahead. But uh, the, when we reached the Supreme Court of Appeal, um, something strange happened there. Uh, <laughs> um, it's it's actually quite a laugh. Um, it's it's a, it's a ridiculous laugh, but it's actually pathetic. Um, but in any case, um, uh, November we've uh, we wrote a letter to the to the head of the court, uh, the president, um, Justice Meyer, and we've told her that you know what we we our matter is urgent. But you're not treating it as urgent, and um, we are of the view that the Supreme Court of Appeal does not have the jurisdiction anymore to continue with the appeal that the minister have filed because of the fact that the order already came into operation on the 24th of June, and there are no more regulations to, 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 to deal with. Um, we haven't heard anything from her. We wrote a second letter, no response. So, yeah, we were just totally ignored. So then we, we uh, the matter was set down for the 26th of May, the hearing. And um, while, while the, the registrar of, of the uh, Supreme Court of Appeal uh, was trying to push us into a virtual hearing. We said that we totally refused to have a virtual hearing. And our reason was very much legitimate mm. that the, the measures which, uh, which have directed virtual hearing court cases, um, those measures are the measures that we are challenging on appeal. Mm. And we are saying that there is no no more, uh, there are no more um, regulations, so there's no necessity for virtual hearing to, uh, to take place. And we want to have an open court hearing in Bloemfontein, a physical court hearing. And then they said, no, you cannot. And then they said, okay, we will allow you to, to argue your right to have an open court hearing at a virtual hearing before the hearing on the 26th. So the more, so, so we will start off with a virtual hearing um, the morning of the 26th of May to argue whether a virtual hearing must be there and then we will afterwards continue virtually with the rest of the case. So we said, are oh, you a bunch of mamparas? And on the, on the Monday before the Wednesday, um, we said that um, we filed a, an application for recusal of all the judges allocated to the case because we said that they were biased. They, uh, they know exactly that uh, we don't have to proceed virtually 
hearing this matter and that we are entitled to have the case heard in a physical open court in Bloemfontein. And the morning um, on, on, on the Wednesday, the 26th, uh, the court court was sitting virtually, and we said that we cannot proceed with this because, firstly, there's a recusal application that first needs to be addressed. You cannot proceed with it before addressing your own mm. uh, own recusal application. And then, secondly, you um, you are trying to 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 bully us into going forward with the rest of the case while we have not settled the, the virtual hearing uh, issue yet. So there was a back and forth argument and eventually uh, they refused to continue with their recusal application. And we also said that, well, in that regard, the whole proceedings are totally rigged. Uh, we refuse to proceed further and we're going to withdraw from this matter, uh, from, 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 from this, this physical, from the virtual hearing. So we were granted a permission that, yes, it's fine. So... The, uh, the hearing continued without us on board, without us arguing, and we had legitimate reasons for it. They totally ignored their recusal application. They were supposed as, as presiding officers, as judges, uh, by their own conduct rules, uh, the, 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 the code of conduct, they were obliged to first address the recusal application, which they just bluntly ignored. And so, well, um, the case, case went on um, and judgment was reserved. Mm. And something interesting happened that um, one of the judges, um, Dan Unterhalter, um, he's, he's an acting judge uh, in the Supreme Court, but he was also nominated originally to be a constitutional court judge uh, and he was interviewed before the Judicial Services Commission. So um, at that stage, on the 3rd of June, um, uh, KSAC, the, the, uh, the Council for the Advancement of the uh, South African Constitution, I don't know what they're actually advancing, they're actually destroying it because they totally aligned with the uh, President uh, Cyril Ramaphosa mm. and, he, and his uh, gangsters, um, but however they are, um, they were admitted as a friend of the court in our Supreme Court of Appeal case. Yeah. So they have issued a court case in in Johannesburg for the reviewing of the Judicial Services Commission's decision yeah. that, above others, Dan Unterhalter was not accepted as a as a candidate for the uh, position in the constitutional court so at that stage we said no this cannot be and you cannot at one stage uh, for, uh, um, argue in line with the government and support a narrative there's a judgment pending where Unterhalter is supposed to, to render judgment with other judges but in the same time you are busy negotiating a position uh, or a, a, a way out for him to be re-interviewed by the Judicial Services Commission. So that was totally, uh, we, we saw that as a total uh, total uh, 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 clash of, of, of interest, definitely. Um, but in that time, a uh, few days after the 26th of May, 
we received a letter from the registrar of the of the Supreme Court of Appeal apologizing that he apparently did not give the letters in of November to the president of the court. And if those letters were given to the president of the court, we would never have been in the pro, in the predicament of uh, having the virtual hearing in the first place because it would have been addressed. But in the same sense, he said that he waited for the original papers um, so that he could um, um, he could then give the original papers to the judge. But that was total bunch of poppycock because um, the, the the act itself makes provision that when you email a document a court process for any superior court inclusive of the SCA it's automatically considered to be an original document when it reaches them so then we started engaging with the president of the court to say that yeah you know what you are apologizing for something but why don't you you've got the authority to, um, to enroll the recusal application in order to stop the judgment to be rendered so you can still, uh, you can still uh, solve this irregularities that mm. took place. And then she came back and said that she's not going to do anything. And then I've responded with a letter to say that um, after careful consideration um, and um, receiving the virtual apology, from uh, from the from the SCA, um, we have decided that the SCA must stick its apology in its ass. Um, and yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was the uh, 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 something that <laughs> that that shocked the the legal fraternity and the whole judiciary because um, uh, nowhere ever have anyone told the. SCA in a, openly in a letter to stick its apology in its arse. So then, I almost, uh, almost, almost spat out my drink now. <laughs> <laughs> but but in any case, but but uh, yes, it, it sounds very uh, yeah. Yes, here I know you uh, you very much uh, frivolous and vexatious. But we did it with a purpose because mm. we felt at that stage that that the, the, the judiciary has become an extension of government and it lost its constitutional authority. So it does not have the authority to hold anyone in contempt of court anymore um, because it is following a narrative, a script, where it's supposed to be independent and not biased. And uh, so, so uh, in suddenly on the first of July we received our uh, SCA judgment. It's probably one of the quickest judgments rendered by this uh, by the Supreme Court of Appeal ever, uh, within just over a month. Um, we used to take about two three months um, minimum. Um, so uh, in that specific week. Three judgment, important judgments came out. Ours uh, upholding the appeal by the minister, saying that uh, the, the the court order of the second of June um, should have been dismissed, and then there was the other one, the Jacob Zuma uh, case, where he was sent to jail, imprisonment, and also the CR17 judgment by the Constitutional Court. 
And coincidentally, our court case um, went on addressing the content of court, the letters that were sent or the correspondence that, that was sent after the 26th of May, after the hearing. So I did not have the chance and the opportunity to have reacted or argued the content of court, but they found me in content in the judgment to say that uh, I was contentious towards the SEA to tell the president of the court to stick its its apology in its arse, and then um, I was said that um, the national director of public prosecutions must, or the, the whole uh, judgment must be sent to the national director of public prosecutions, and she must deal with it further. So um, I, I didn't wait uh, much long, and, and uh, I wrote a letter to the national director of public prosecutions, and I said, oh, yeah, I am, here's my address, I'm all ears to be investigated, I would love to be investigated, but, but, <laughs> I added to say that part of the contempt judgment, I would like to add 19 judges to the investigation because I believe that they were colluding with government and that they were corrupt. And that was the reason why uh, the whole contempt flowed out of the corruption by the 19 judges. And, um, uh, would it be any any uh, uh, any news if I say that the National Director of Public Prosecutions did not do anything up till now? Um, because obviously they know that um, 19 judges would have been dragged into this whole matter of ours. So um, what we what we busy with is um, we we're looking at our options. We are trying to lodge a rescission application against the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment um, because we felt that it's there's nine grounds that we found of irregularities in the judgment to such extent that it was null and void from the beginning. Um, but then we also have the option to take it to the Constitutional Court, but strangely, uh, the Constitutional Court suddenly came out with a, with a judgment now uh, on, on Friday as well. Without, uh, we were at the stage of, uh, of, of um, receiving directives of how to proceed with a rescission application. And in a one paragraph, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, constitutional court, again, the same judges who, who did not allow the leave application, uh, decided that there's no merits in the rescission application without giving any reasons for it as well. So we are at a point that uh, we are the first country uh, or our court process within South Africa is at such a state the farthest of any other country in the world. Because we've reached our apex court, the constitutional court, and the next step is either the United Nations or the African Union. So then we can start to drag in all the other community, all the other organizations and all the other big shot lawyers uh, who have been fighting internationally elsewhere. And um, we can say, you can come on board now. The, the, the way I have been paved, let's all um, group together 
and start this fight internationally and do it right as we should have done this uh, a couple of, of months back already if all the other processes were properly followed. Um, so that's in a in the most um, succinct uh, uh, way that I could summarize our whole court uh, case up till now. It sounds like there are so many delay tactics going on. Definitely, definitely. No, uh, there's a script, we, we call it, uh, there's a script that have been given to, to all these countries, inclusive of our country, to follow strictly, even if the judiciary must, uh, must totally violate any, the, the, the law, the interpretation of law, have changed tremendously over mm. the past 18 months. Um, it's it's not in a straightforward way. Um, I've I've had this one one supporter of ours telling me this that uh, uh, one police officer told her uh, recently that um, that the disaster management act regulations have taken over the constitution for this time. You know, if a, if a police officer tells you that, then you know that there's a total misconception a misinterpretation of of our law um it's it's a total farce uh, really um the the science of interpretation of the laws have changed um for example um uh, to, to name i've mentioned this new clicks case that was before the constitutional court that in the judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal, or, or let me say in the judgment of the five judges that was allocated to the case, uh, I still don't believe that it's a constitutional or it was a legitimate court order. But in that judgment, uh, it was said that a certain Odekral, um case of the Supreme Court of Appeal have apparently changed the inter or, or that 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 authority of the constitutional court and the we all know that the constitutional court's judgments are supreme to the supreme court of appeals judgments so where in in the past 18 months have it been ever said and stated in uh, in in any law that the Supreme Court of Appeals judgments can now suddenly supersede judgments of the Constitutional Court. So it, it, they are, um, they have definitely used our case because uh, I was representing myself and, and Liberty mm -hmm. Fighters uh, uh, Network all the time in person. Um, they thought that we were stupid. They totally abused our, uh, or they, they underestimated uh, my intelligence to argue the right things. And they have totally screwed up to such extent that anyone who, who knows anything about the law will know exactly <clears throat> that the judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal was totally flawed. It was concocted. Um, it's the worst judgment that ever came out of the Bloemfontein uh, Supreme Court of Appeal ever and that is inclusive of apartheid years as well so that is bad um, <laughs> Reno 
are are our courts bought? <clears throat> are they bought? Oh, definitely. Um, it, it, it's so obvious, and and we have tested it. We knew at at one stage, roughly um, in December, in January, we actually went out and told our supporters, you know what, our courts are are uh, have have been bought and they are merely extensions of government um, where they're supposed to be independent, they're not independent anymore. And we are sitting in a constitutional crisis at this moment. Our whole court system have collapsed um, mm. because of this COVID-19 narrative that has been pushed. And um, more and more people are coming forward with 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 proof that COVID-19 is a total scam. Um, how many uh, proof do we still need? In our whole court case, and, and we had, our bundle is probably about two 2,000 pages odd um, in total already, if not more. And nowhere, uh, although the, the, the government was obliged to have provided the proof to back the national state of disaster at no stage did they come forward and produce one bit anything to back their decision um the courts have said in the judgment of the supreme court of appeal they've blamed me to to uh, to say that i was supposed to get an affidavit of a scientist or medical practitioner to prove that all what we have said in May last year already was correct. And I thought, but where the hell are these judges? Where did they get mm. their, their, their ability to, to, to judge? Because once again, the Constitutional Court have, uh, have on several occasions said that where there is a, uh, a reg where there are regulations that are being contested, and uh, and and Section 36 of the Constitution was used to to change some of the basic rights, then it's up to the government to provide the proof for that limitation. Uh, they, the, the owners or immediately moves over to them and they are supposed to provide the, the, the proof and never once have this happened at any stage during any of our court cases. So, um, so we can say for sure the fact that the government was unable to provide any proof to back the national state of disaster we are 100 percent sure of it that the national state of disaster should never have been um for interest sake very quickly um on the 15th of march when the national state of disaster was declared there was only 61 cases of COVID um throughout the country mm. 61 it was scattered and the Disaster Management Act specifically says that you cannot have, and it must be logic, you cannot have a national state of disaster without a local disaster declared first. 
you must have a local problem first before you can say that this has become a national disaster. And what they've did with 61 cases scattered all over South Africa, they've put all of those cases together and they said, now we've got a national disaster. And then the key thing, irrespective of um, whether COVID-19 exists or not, I'm not. I'm not going to go into that uh, scientific uh, 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 quarrel at this stage. But the fact is that on the by the eve of uh, when we went into lockdown on the 26th or 27th of March last year, there were thousand cases of COVID reported all through South Africa, and at the eve of of the lockdown, we had our first casualty uh, for, of COVID. But how could they know that if the ICD-10 code, the WHO ICD-10 code for COVID was only established on the 1st of April? So there was no method in which this government could have identified the 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 uh, the number of the COVID nineteen cases because there was no code for it. There was no code. All the thousand that have been thumb sucked, and that is what we have over and over. We have argued this before uh, the 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 the, um, um, the 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 courts over the uh, the past year and a half. And every time that argument was totally bypassed, they didn't even uh, mention it at at any stage in our in any of the judgments. Uh, there were about three three four judgments that came out in during the spec of our our uh, challenge. So, um, yeah, we are sitting with a total total bought judiciary. We we cannot trust our judiciary at all. Definitely not. So, I mean, what happens next? What's the next step? What happens next is that we're going to uh, to take the um, the whole COVID-19 scam. We are ready now to take it internationally. Um, once we have filed it at the international, uh, it will most probably be for the uh, African Commission for Human and People's Rights. Uh, we've we, we've uh, uh, we we already have a couple of cases that we are running through it, so we know the process there well. Um, so we will definitely start escalating it to the to the African Commission for Human and People's Rights. And according to us, and and we are putting the government on terms and challenge them to disprove us that we believe that in terms of the common law that is applicable that this would then be should be considered as an appeal process and because we are bound by international law and members of the African Union we believe that the order that was granted by the Supreme Court of Appeal on the 1st of July mm. will also then be suspended um, so uh, we can Everyone, we are telling everyone, you can still continue using our 2nd of June court order. Um, and it's up to the government to, to, to take us to court and, 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 and try to bar I mean, us from telling the people that. That's not going to happen, Reino. Um, 
Jim, you, you, you broke up a bit, but, but what I can understand is that, you know, we are sitting at a point whereby um, our main challenge at this stage is to expose as far as possible mm. the corruption that is going on. And uh, we have given rope to the judiciary to hang themselves, and they've... Each and every one is sitting there and, mm. and, and, and hanging themselves up to, with, a, with, a, with a rope at this stage. Um, uh, to, 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 to just add <laughs> a very interesting, when we wanted to, 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 um, to, to consider, or we, we, we are still considering to, uh, to file the rescission application with the Supreme Court of Appeal. This has never happened in the history of the Appeal Court. Um, because of the fact that the Supreme Court of Appeal was never in a position mm. to have made such an adverse finding and, and, and so openly collusive, yeah. colluded uh, judgment. So um, then we wrote to the, to, to the president, again, the one that I had the incident with uh, a, f a month or so earlier. So she, she doesn't like me a lot. And I told her that this is we go we we consider doing this, but we want directives from your side on what the the uh, the time phrases should be mm. uh, when uh, when uh, opposition should take place and when the papers must be filed and everything. And she responded in a directive to say that this uh, rescission application against the uh, a judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal. Uh, is unprecedented. So it has never been done before. So, uh, and she does not know, she's the president of the court, and she does not know whether it can be done. So then she said, very interestingly, she said that um, my my directive basically is to, to follow your advice and do as you deem fit. This was her directive. So I was thinking, okay, here's a judge, the president of the Supreme Court of Appeal, telling me in a directive that I must deem, uh, I must mm. do as I deem fit. So she have uh, allocated her powers to me to do whatever I want to do. Mm. This is the point where our judiciary is, where a head of the Supreme Court of Appeal is telling the litigants the public, that they must do as they please. And I was actually thinking, I'm just going to send a, a, a order through and say that on the authority granted to me by President uh, Meyer, Justice Meyer, I hereby rescind the order made on the 1st of July, and then I just ask her to give a stamp on it. So that was uh, that, that. That was what I uh, I was actually thinking of doing, but uh, th that would be, um, according to them, probably frivolous. And but it's it's totally clueless what's going on at this stage. Yeah, I have a question though. I mean, why why has there been no enforcement of any of your wins? Uh, the reason for that is that the government will not enforce anything that is against them. Mm. So 
we we are hundred percent sure that the go- government knows well what they are doing is actually treacherous. Uh, this is treason what mm. they are committing against the people of South Africa. So um, so eventually. All we can do, and and unfortunately, the police and 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 the military, the military is at a very delicate stage at this point. Um, the military has already come out to say in in the media for what we can still believe in what they have to say, but the uh, the, the, the 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 military have come out and said that they believe that. COVID was uh, was an act of bioterrorism. They have said so in 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 several says on on several forums already. Um, the problem that we are having is that that but but why do they allow our military then to be vaccinated if they know that that the v- vaccines are or experimental? Um, it's it's we, we and 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 it's so dangerous. We know that. But the fact is that there's no enforcement because the police serve the government, the military serve the government, um, and then they have even created uh, new law enforcers by, uh, by appointing security guards at the entrances of malls and, and shops to, to do the dirty work of the law enforcers. So um, people are just totally oblivious of what is going on. Um, the message is not going out. We are saying, people, the only way in which we can stop this uh, lockdown thingy from continuing is to stop being obedient. That's all. Um, and we have confirmed this, uh, that since the lockdown started, not even one person has been found guilty by way of trial of any contravention of these DMA regulations. All the cases that the government are using for for their figures um, are the people who have ignorantly mm. paid admission of guilt fines. Um, so we are 100% uh, um um, successful by helping people who are being arrested yes. uh, for contraventions of the DMA regulations. Um, we are 100% successful to get those cases um, um, retracted, uh, um, uh, withdrawn by the National Prosecuting Authority. You yeah. are at a bri on a Friday night and the curfew is 10 o'clock. So everybody leaves quickly because they're scared of being arrested. Mm-hmm. But now what you're saying is that that curfew is actually invalid. But yes. what happens? Yes. What happens actually? I mean, it's a, this is a realistic scenario. Somebody is driving yes. on the road at half past 10 at night and a cop pulls them over. This is a real situation that, that people are scared of. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a, a general problem. Uh, what happens is that the person will most probably be arrested uh, what we are telling people is that that is the worst thing that can happen to you. You must just uh, just hold out for that first couple of hours. Um, go to, 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 to the police station. Don't be cocky to the police. The moment when you are cocky, they will keep you for as long as they want to. 
especially if it's over weekend. So don't be cocky. That's the first thing. Calm down. Just go operate. Go to the police station. Uh, book yourself in. Uh, and then you tell them that I want to defend this case. You must set bail. Uh, bail is usually up to about um, no, not more than 1,500 rand. Anything between 500 and 1,500. Uh, get someone to bring you that cash and a proof of residence as quickly as possible um, so that you can be released on bail. And the moment when you appear before the prosecutor the next day or on the Monday, tell the prosecutor that you are relying on our court order of the 2nd of June, that you really believe that there are no more uh, lockdown regulations. And you will, if, if the prosecutor is not withdrawing the, the charges that very day, the next time when you appear, he will withdraw the charges. So, uh, and then you have got a, a claim against government for unlawful prosecution. The moment when we can flood, we can get all these people whose cases have been withdrawn. And we can tell them that people come back to us, let us start flooding the government with unlawful prosecution damages claims, mm. then the government will really start to realize that this is costing them a lot of money and the people know. Um, but, uh, but if we don't do that, we must, unfortunately, if we want to be liberated, we need to take some, some, uh, some uh, drastic steps from our side as well. Um, there's very, very few cases mm. where you will be land you you will land yourself into a cell. You will not be taken to maximum pr prison. You will ta be taken to a holding cell until you appear or until you have paid your bail or until you have appeared before court so that the court can set the bail. So that is the worst thing that can happen. People must must really forget about the fact that you're going to be put into a, 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 a maximum security uh, a prison. You go to prison after uh, when you have been convicted. Um, you're only going to a holding cell um, for 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 uh, to appear before the court. Um, so. That's the worst thing that can happen. It's it's humiliating, yes, but at the end of the day, um, if if you're going to to, to institute a, a twenty thousand rand claim for every day that you have been in in a holding cell, uh, there, there's people who's going for the third case uh, claim now already uh, against the government. Um, so you can actually make a lot of a business out of it if you really want to and and that is the way to go we must just stop being obedient uh, we must go out full face all these people who have been uh, pushing this narrative um, get them in a corner um, really and, and, and we must really isolate them that, that, that's what we need to do do you think Reno that there isn't enough disobedience in South Africa. I mean, if you look at the footage from around the world, we seem to be extremely compliant. Well, um, I've said this before. I, I've, I've, I've realized during the lockdown that people in, um, in urban areas are, are not as much intelligent as the people in the rural areas. Um, because when you go to Soweto, 
You see that there's no lockdown there. People just go, whiteies, go there. It's nice to have a Saturday morning. Join me. Let's go and have a nice patrol through Soweto. And, and see how many people comply wearing a mask. You will be ashamed, really. Um, I, I think th this is time that um, someone uh, in, in our workshop on Saturday that we had, um, a guy from Soweto, made a suggestion, but why don't you take this road trip of yours to Soweto and to Mamalodi and all over and, uh, and inform them uh, it, mm. it will be a very short time when we will have thousands in the street uh, uh, disobedient and not following the narrative of, 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 of government. Um, yeah, um, but we're going to continue fighting. We, uh, I, sure. I love this. Uh, it's, 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 it's actually a, cir it's a circus. It's a mm. comedy um, because you expect intelligence from the judiciary of South Africa, and then you are met with this total open corruption and oh, do as you deem fit. Yeah, okay, I will. I will send mm. you my judgment. Yes, definitely. In front of you, there is a crystal ball. What do you see? What I see is that um, it will not be too too far away in the future where South Africans really uh, in the masses, uh, all races, all religions will come together and start physically protesting against all this crap that is happening. I'm, 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 I'm very much sure of it. Um, we are, uh, from the work that we are doing, we are uh, trying to, to, to spread the word in that direction. And um, so sooner than later, we will, we will see the effects. I'm, I'm still very confident in, in getting out of this. Um, just like 9-11, uh, you don't hear anything about 9-11 anymore because uh, people have realized now that no, uh, maybe those towers have been imploded. Um, they don't want to, to let people run with uh, what actually happened. Mm. They know people have, have, have realized what has happened. The same is, is busy happening with COVID-19 as well. People are really um, starting to realize that something is wrong here yeah. and maybe this is mm. not real. Um, let me end off our conversation with the best comment of the evening. It's from Shauna, and she says, that's it. I'm moving to a township. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll join you, Shauna. Yes. All right, Reino, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks a lot. It's a great pleasure, man. All right. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please visit supportgerm.com.